Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. A little later in the show, we are going to talk about these bombs that were mailed to prominent political figures yesterday and is continuing apparently today. Peter Trumbor, who's a professor of political science at Oakland University, is going to be here to talk about the context for this kind of violence, political violence. Uh, what's the history? Where does it come from? And how is it being fueled today? Uh, you're going to want to stay tuned. All of that will get started at about half past the hour. But first... Bill Schuette is the Republican candidate for governor this year, and uh, he is joining us now to talk about his career, his campaign, and what he would do if he wins. Bill Schuette, welcome to Detroit Today. Stephen, great to be on Detroit Today live. Uh, That's here right, in, the in studio, studio right? WDET. Yeah, mm-hmm. looking forward to it. Uh, thank you very much. Normally, I'm talking to you from Lansing, and so it's nice to have you or here. Midland in or Detroit, uh, uh, right? Rapids, or you know, uh, somewhere in the 83 counties, two peninsulas, two peninsulas of Michigan. So yeah. it's delighted to be with you. Right. Uh, let's start here. Uh, you have been in politics for more than 30 years. And during that time, I can't think of anyone else in Michigan who was closer to the Bush family than you were. Yet George Bush says Donald Trump doesn't know what it means to be president. And Jeb Bush has called him the chaos president. Yet Donald Trump is somebody that you've really fully embraced on this campaign unequivocally, really. So is the Bush family wrong about this president? Or is there some disconnect that I'm not picking up about your feelings about this president? Well, you know, I think the the real answer here is is twofold. First, you know, I appreciate very much the administration, the president and vice president's uh, help in my campaign. And I think people in the state appreciate the fact that they're moving the production of the Ram truck from Mexico to Michigan to Macomb County, 2,500 jobs, a billion-dollar investment, and every Chrysler automotive uh, employee got a $2,000 tax cut bonus. Why? Because the administration uh, in Washington and Republican members of Congress cut taxes. And when was the last time you ever heard of jobs coming from Mexico to Michigan? And I appreciate that. And I appreciate the fact that the, the president is rebalancing trading relationships. This new United States-Mexico-Canadian uh, free trade agreement is all about uh, making sure we get a better deal for uh, American and Michigan manufacturing workers that, frankly, got uh, messed over, uh, messed with, messed over, uh, and forgotten about during this global economy. Economy, where the elites on each coast made a ton of money, but then uh, manufacturing and factories were shut down. So we're changing that. That's important for Michigan. So I appreciate those policy initiatives. I appreciate also the president appointing rule of law justices to the United States Supreme Court. The Bush family, listen, I have great uh, admiration for them. Uh, uh, I've, gosh, years ago when uh, George Herbert Walker Bush was running for president, it was uh, Bill Schuette and George Bush, none, none of the Secret Service stuff. It was in my mother's Jeep because my uh, Camaro really uh, wasn't quite uh, big enough for all the stuff that uh, George Bush and I were doing running for president. So uh, listen, I have great admiration for the family. And this is I'm Michigan-centric. I'm focused on Michigan. So, so one of the things that the Bush family talks about, though, with regard to Donald Trump, is these things he says, the way he describes immigrants to this country, the way he talks about African-Americans, the way he talks about the poor. 
Can you even bring yourself, though, to to criticize any of those things? I mean, that's been something that surprised me, I guess, yeah, well, about this listen, campaign. You know, I'm, I'm about um, Michigan, and I'm about uh, growing our state. I'm a, about jobs and, and bigger paychecks, and that's what Michigan is all about. And people who know me, who really care, who want to take the time, and it's hard. I know it's you know, a state of 9 million plus people. It's not easy. But the fact is uh, how I conduct myself uh, in public office, how I've uh, uh, led as in the state as attorney general, how I'll lead the state as governor. Uh, you know, listen, I was uh, raised by a single mom. My dad died when I was just a boy, six years old. And, and my mom kept our family intact, raised my two older sisters and me. And I was taught this is who I am. I was taught to treat everybody with dignity, grace, and respect, uh, and you treat people like a family. And that's what my two older sisters uh, drilled into me. That's what my mom did. And uh, that's who I am. And so, But this uh, not, I, that's but not I, who this president is. Well, listen, I, and, I'm, and I'm running— And do you not feel listen, an obligation as a leader to listen, say, I'm, no, I'm, that's I'm, not who I'm, I am? I'm running for governor, and I'm telling you who I am, and I want to make sure we grow our state. That's what this is about. Okay, let's uh, talk about some uh, some of the issues in this campaign. Uh, let's start with roads. You haven't given a lot of specifics on how you would pay for the massive undertaking of fixing our terrible roads. It's still kind of unclear if it would be possible to get the legislature to do more with the road funding we have. Can you tell me specifically what your plan is to make the roads better? It's a good thing I'm here because I've been very specific for a long time now about my plan to how we rebuild Michigan's infrastructure. And the fact is, uh, you know, nobody, nobody experiences the roads uh, in Michigan more than I and uh, uh, all across the state. There are some of these potholes I've, you know, I see so frequently, I kind of give them nicknames, you know. And, and, the fa- and here's the point. We need to make sure our roads are reflective of the quality of cars that we build in Michigan, we have need to have the same quality of roads. And the goal here must be for Michigan to be a, 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 a lead, the leader uh, in terms of uh, the economy. We need to make sure that we have uh, first world roads. We can't have third world roads. And and so here's what we need to do specifically, Stephen. Number one, we need to have a complete audit of MDOT on how they allocate highway funding and Public Act uh, 51. Number uh, Because we need to make sure we're getting efficient and stretching our resources. How many miles are we uh, per gallon of payment are we getting uh, from our uh, gas taxes? Secondly, we need to have guarantees and warranties on roads and bridges and infrastructure. Why is that important? Well, it's like any, any other product you buy or purchase has some form of warranty. I think citizens deserve that. I'll work with the uh, contractors and the designers to make sure that we have uh, uh, warranties and, and guarantees in terms of how long our roads will last. Thirdly, we need to be uh, more on the receiving end of federal highway dollars. And I'll walk right through the uh, front door of the White House because of my relationships with the administration. I'll call the Secretary of Transportation, Elaine Chow, who's a friend of mine, and I understand Congress as a former member. And so these relationships are important. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer doesn't have uh, those uh, relationships at all. And that's a, I'm going to be an advocate for Michigan. And the final thing is, I think you know that we're in the middle of a, a $1.2 billion uh, investment in roads all the way through 2020. And I want to add to that by establishing roads as a priority in the Schuette administration. And I, every other aspect of government will have to chip in. Why? Because we're going to rebuild our roads in Michigan. Now, my opponent simply wants to raise taxes. So uh, everybody out there, watch out. Look out, look out. Uh, Senator Whitmer wants to raise your taxes, gouge okay, your wallet, so, and I'm going to protect your uh, uh, your wallet. Yeah. And we can, with a $58 billion budget, you can 
uh, invest more in roads, period. So, so most of the estimates say we need at least a billion more dollars every year to not just not improve the roads, just to maintain the roads that we have better than we do. The things that you just talked about, will they yield that billion dollars more every year? You know, what these different uh, studies and uh, again, they all reach the same yeah, conclusion. But, but the point is, when, when I'm governor, we'll have a fresh start. I'll review that thoroughly and completely with my team of, uh, you know, strong and exceptional, skilled women and men who will be part of the Shooty administration. And we'll make sure we make the investment in it. But here's the point. Senator Whitmer wants to raise gas taxes by 20 to 40 cents a gallon. Um, that would uh, send us in an economic spiral. It would pave the way to the loss decade when we had uh, people leaving the state in, in droves, we'd have, again, 15% unemployment and uh, lose jobs. That would just crush job creation in Michigan. So, you know, the fear of uh, Gretchen Whitmer as governor so, is going to cause me to uh, So win. I'm going to say this uh, one time. I, I, we've got you here to talk about your plans. We had Gretchen here last week to talk about hers. Let's talk about Bill Schuette and sure. what he will do and not get into what you think all of, right. of her fair, plan. Fair enough, but I'm glad I got that. Okay, in. yeah, all right. Uh, <laughs> I should have stopped you. That's all right. You're being uh, fair. Uh, uh, let's talk about health care. Uh, you joined <laughs> multiple lawsuits that would have crippled the Affordable Care Act and no, the no, Medicaid no, no. expansion. Uh, no, in, in, that's not true. Uh, well, uh, the suits that you joined as Attorney General would have would have held the, the act back from being able to be and, enacted, And, and the correct? fact is Obamacare didn't work, and well, everybody knows but that. But what I'm saying is that you joined suits that would have except, stopped it from except working. Except every time, every time, part and parcel of that was every op-ed, every comment that I made, I always said from day one, as did uh, other Republicans across the country, who knew that Obamacare didn't work because it raised taxes, premiums went up, the exchanges uh, didn't work, and this is a Democrat But this scare- is before. No, no, but, but this is a Democrat scare tactic that's going on because they're, they're trying to scare people by not telling the truth. And the fact is, I've always been for maintaining pre-existing conditions. I've always been for raising, making sure you can keep your child on your health care plan until uh, 26 and have a portability of uh, uh, insurance going across state lines. And that's always been part of this issue. And because, listen, it's like the small business uh, owner, uh, Tara, I know, who was had uh, such difficulty with Obamacare that she finally left the exchange because she couldn't choose her doctor. Then she had to pay a fine. Her own government fined her and punished her because she didn't want to be forced to engage in and uh, uh, Well, she exchange. didn't have insurance. Yeah, but, 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 and then she uh, uh, did it on her own. And the fact is, but she was fined for doing it. And that's what this was all about. And now we've uh, the administration and, uh, and the Republicans in Congress have uh, changed portions of Obamacare. I always want to make sure that we we cover and uh, maintain pre-existing conditions like this woman named uh, Kaylee Pung, who had a diving accident uh, and is paralyzed. And I, I fought with Blue Cross Blue Shield to make sure that uh, Kaylee Pung got her insurance coverage and she had a pre-existing condition. What is that? She's paralyzed. And to have someone say that I wouldn't uh, uh, maintain pre-existing conditions is just not true. The fact is I always have been. But the period. idea of of protecting people from insurance companies dumping them when they have pre-existing conditions comes out of Obamacare. No, there was it, no other. No, there was but, no other mechanism to but, do that. No, before but that's that. not every. And every time we would, would were, uh, I advocated repealing and replacing Obamacare, it would be with. Coverage you would that like main, it to be coverage with that, that maintain pre-existing conditions. So it's frankly a lie. It's not true. Okay, and people aren't going to buy that. Let's talk about uh, Medicaid. Michigan is one of the states 
that has one of the most successful expansions of Medicaid under the Affordable Care Act. And it's in healthy Michigan as What's the law, your, and it's here to stay. And you would not, you would not seek alterations in it Listen, as, I want, as, as I governor. Want to, frankly, I want to improve it. And what I want to do is make sure we have a Medicaid work requirement for able-bodied, able-bodied. Well, how is that improving but, let me Medicare? Sh- I'll tell you how it, it, uh, it helps. This is about Medicaid. And the point is, is that- uh, I'm sorry, for, right. Uh, how does that able, improve Medicaid? And for able-bodied adults, I want to increase them and help them get a job. They'd be on an employer's health care plan because- and that would uh, uh, provide more money, Stephen, for those who are chronically ill, uh, need assistance, uh, need health care. And everyone needs to have affordable and accessible health care. And the, the point is, is that for if you can get someone who's able-bodied on an employer's health plan, I'm going to celebrate that. And then there'll be more money for those who are chronically ill because the federal dollars and the state dollars are not infinite. This provides more resources for those who need help. And that's the point here. That is the point. Uh, as always, the number on the phones to join the conversation is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. My guest is Bill Schutte. He is the current attorney general here in Michigan. He is running to be governor. He is the Republican candidate for governor in just a few days when we go to about the 12, polls. About 12 days. Uh, 12 days uh, yeah, left. Right? And we're within the margin of error. Uh, the new poll error. says uh, you're pretty close, right? Yeah, it's about uh, five points till, till victory. Uh, I'm going to win this, but not not until uh, uh, November six. I don't care whether you're. <laughs> well, you can't win until November six. Well, That's here's right. Here's how in Michigan, in Michigan, to win a statewide race, uh, whether your name is Ronald Reagan or uh, John Engler or Donald Trump, you win on election day, and and uh, every Republican candidate starts uh, a little bit behind. I'm the comeback kid. Uh, I'm the comeback. <laughs> Borrowing kid. Gonna, a line from Bill Clinton. Well, there, you know what? Uh, it, it's re- reflective of what the truth <laughs> is, and and the fact is, is the everybody knows this race is tightened, uh, yeah. and this will be a 51-49 race. Let's uh, let's get. To some calls here. Oh, we good, have a great. lot of folks who want to talk. <clears throat> Let's uh, start with David in Gross Point. David, welcome to Detroit Today. Steve, good morning, and uh, <clears throat> same to you, Mr. Shooty. Hey, David, As good morning. Voter, Glad you called good in. Morning. Thanks. As well, a voter, I just have a comment. Sure. And I would really appreciate it if you would answer Steve's questions directly instead of dodging the issues. And uh, I'd like you guys to consider that, and I'll be glad to take my answer off air. Thank okay. you, Thanks. David. And uh, you know, I've been thank you, David, and I've been asking uh, answering Stephen's questions uh, directly, and uh, I'll continue to do so. Uh, you you do have this wonderful uh, skill, I'll call it, uh, <laughs> of, of deflecting the the questions that someone asks and and talking about what you you want to talk to talk about, and there's nothing wrong with that. But but for instance, that first question I asked about. Donald Trump and the things that he says, that's a substantive question about leadership. And I do think uh, I'd love to hear you say more about how your leadership distinguishes itself from something like the Trump administration, from the rhetoric that we hear day after day from this president that is not just divisive, but often bigoted. Well, you know, the uh, again, I have uh, high regard for the, the Bush family. You asked about the Bush family. And I also said I, I uh, appreciate the fact of 
uh, Donald Trump's policies on, on taxes means we're going to have more jobs at the uh, in Macomb County. We're bringing the truck production from Mexico to Michigan. I appreciate that. I appreciate he's rebalancing trading relationships. That helps manufacturing workers, and, and I appreciate the fact he's appointed uh, rule of law justices. And in terms of my leadership and style, I think in my, my years in public service, my calling, uh, I've established myself as a person who's thoughtful as a person who understands issues. You may not always agree with me, but I'm always going to tell you the truth. And that's uh, my leadership style. Uh, and, you know, I'm the guy who uh, took on uh, Larry Nasser and prosecuted him uh, and made sure that every survivor's voice was heard. Uh, I took on the Flint water investigation because families in Flint deserve justice. And I think my actions and my record reflect uh, a thoughtfulness and that's who I am. And, uh, that's who I'll be as you're going. So we have a question from WCMU in Mount Pleasant. Uh, you've been criticized for being slow to get involved with PFAS contamination in our drinking water at sites around the state. Uh, you haven't pushed companies like 3M to be compelled to release information on contamination and cleanup. What should the state's role be in this PFAS investigation? And would your position or your approach be different if you became governor? Well, the, the point is right now, um, uh, you know, I am one of those who wants to make sure that uh, we clean up uh, the uh, drinking water so there's safe drinking water for people where they live in Parchment, which is near Kalamazoo, or north of Grand Rapids in Rockford, or Alpena in northeastern Michigan because of this PFAS issue. And uh, my Department of Attorney General is the lawyer for uh, the policy institution, uh, the Department of Environmental Quality. We're waiting for them to complete their work and review and, and their recommendations. And when they're done, then uh, we'll make sure we uh, uh, aggressively file any legal uh, uh, suit that needs to uh, occur. Because the point is, in Michigan, this issue of uh, clean and safe and water is important. That's why I uh, took the lead on the Flint investigation to make sure that uh, there's justice for families of Flint. So, uh, again, this is about um, making sure that there is a voice for those uh, people, a uh, voice of whether it's a victim of Flint or whether it's uh, those who can't drink uh, water because it's, uh, uh, it's uh, you know, poor quality. Mm. I'm going to help people on that. And when I'm governor, I will be a leader on that, working with the federal government to make sure that we have safe drinking water uh, wherever you live in Michigan, period. Uh, let's go to Christopher in Detroit. Christopher, welcome to Detroit today. Hi. Yeah, go ahead. Hi, Christopher. Hi, Christopher. Um, Thanks for calling. I'm a Detroiter. I pay $917 a month for insurance, oh my for car insurance. No other insurance, one car. I have no bad priors. I'm 29 years old. What are you going to do to help us? Thank you for the call, Christopher. Uh Bill Schutte. Yeah, Christopher, you know, you, your question's right on point. It's very similar to a guy who came up to me, Christopher. Uh, he was a Detroiter, too. I was in uh, southeastern Michigan. I was in Macomb County for a, a parade. This guy came up to me twice in the parade and told me, you got to fix uh, auto insurance rates, uh, Bill, and told me the story about his daughter not moving to Michigan. Because because of the high cost of auto insurance. And you're getting raked over the coals at $917 per month. And, uh, I mean, that's a huge bite out of your wallet. And what it does is act as a disincentive for people moving to Michigan. We need to have – it's a barrier to entry. And I, as your governor, are going to make sure that we uh, lower auto insurance rates and do this. We're going to uh, crack down on insurance fraud, stop the frivolous lawsuits, and thirdly, give people uh, options, Christopher, in terms of what their uh, insurance 
insurance coverage should be. So, I'm going I'm so to think- work with Mike Duggan. I'm, I'm Detroit's best hope for auto insurance. So you support rate. the idea and of getting rid just, of no fault? Let me fault? just finish here, Christopher, Christopher, because there's going to be Republicans in charge of the state house, Republicans in charge of the state Senate, and I'll be the governor. And, and I'm the only hope for Mike Duggan to say, okay, Mike, we need three votes, three Democrat votes in the Senate, need about six uh, Democrat votes in the House, and we'll get real auto insurance reform. And I'm not going to start with any preconceived notion of, of who's going to win and who's going to lose. Everybody has to chip in, whether you're the hospitals, whether you're insurance companies, chamber of commerce. But the fact is, Michigan citizens pay $1,000 uh, more on average than any other state in the nation. That will change when Bill Schuette's governor. So, so, so the end of no fault, you support that? No, I'm saying this, is that uh, we've got to bring rates down. And you go, you're, you're going to have a table. Where, and around that table will be all the interested parties. And I'll look them in the eye. I'll be an engaged governor on the floor. And that's a skill set I have. This is all about relationships. And the fact is, I will make sure that Michigan citizens win. And that means uh, all these other uh, entities and interested parties are going to have to give a little bit because that's what will happen when I'm governor of the state of Michigan. Uh, education. This question comes from WKAR in East Lansing. What's the biggest issue facing education right now? And what would you do to fix it? I think the biggest issue uh, facing education is our third grade reading scores. Uh, now, I went to public schools. Uh, so did my wife and our, our children went to Carpenter Street Elementary, Jefferson Middle, Middle School, and uh, Midland Dow in, in our hometown. Um, they had a great education, but today, with our third grade reading scores, are among the lowest in the nation. That's outrageous. And that is the key, that is a key challenge for Michigan, that we have to make sure that children read. And I think everyone's born with curiosity, uh, Stephen. I think the every child has a sense of wonder, right? But if you can't read, it's a dead-end street. And if you and when our third-grade reading scores show that only 35% of our third-graders are proficient in reading, that's outrageous. We've got to grade our schools A through F, a report card, so uh, parents know which schools are doing well, which aren't. Provide grants for those schools that are showing improvement. And I will name a literacy director as a cabinet member uh, because of the significance of reading. When I'm governor, uh, Michigan's children will read. And I want to be judged. Stephen, on our proficiency rates. If they're going down, you can fire me when I run for re-election. But I'm going to make sure we have summer reading camps, a Michigan Reading Foundation where we can have a, a summer reading coaches. We need to make sure that Michigan's children will read. And I don't care whether you're a high school graduate is going into the workforce or to college, you've got to read by third grade or you're, you're the 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 lens through which you see Michigan and America is cloudy and, and it's, it's grim and it's gloomy. You know, this is supposed to be a shining city on a hill. If you can't spell opportunity or read the directions to get there, uh, your future is pretty yeah, bleak. Yeah. We can't have that. Uh, again, uh, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Lucy and Troy. Lucy. Last question, Lucy. Hi. Um, Hi. I was wondering, so Amazon cited one of their reasons for um, not coming to Detroit, that we didn't have a skilled workforce, that there wasn't enough talent here. So I was curious what your specific plan was to make sure that people who are currently unemployed or become unemployed have skills necessary to get back into the workforce and to also um, train the future workforce so that businesses actually want to come here and do business here. Uh, that's a question, Lucy. It's a great question. It's also a question that Megan in Warren, who's holding, uh, has. And so you can uh, answer both of them, uh, this question of, of training. 
people to be ready for the jobs that we want to attract here and then attracting those jobs. And listen, uh, Lucy and Megan, for this question about apprenticeships and skilled trades and, and, and all of that. You know, the HQ2 uh, decision, we have to learn from that and the Foxcom decision that didn't come to Michigan. And part of that is talent. And that's another word for population. We've got to grow our population uh, because our demographic is aging and we need to make sure we have a diverse uh, workforce and a younger workforce. And that's why I want to drive taxes down. That's why I have more flexible regulations and rules, because if you look across America, uh, the states that are growing have lower taxes, fewer rules and regulations, and more people. And that means you have more talent and a deeper pool of a workforce. And we need to do this. We need to have greater emphasis on skilled trades and apprenticeships. Here in Detroit, uh, with Randolph High School and Henry Ford College, DTE is partnering and, and mentoring people going into high school, giving them a trade and a skill, and then a job in the workforce. And we need to uh, mirror that in other places across Michigan. We need to have greater flexibility, number two, with uh, seat time, so that if a child is a student is working in a job, that that would count as credits towards his or her high school degree. I was in Madison Heights not long ago with a principal and superintendent who showed me his career lab, where these young students who have, you know, smart brains, agile with their hands were uh, displaying their talent and skill. And so we need to make sure that there are greater options and new, renewed emphasis on skilled trades. And the other issue is having greater flexibility on who the teachers are. If there's someone in the private sector who has a skill, let that person teach at a school uh, to uh, you know, enhance someone's skills as apprenticeships. These are important jobs, valued jobs. They need to be done, Megan and, and Lucy. They need to be designed uh, regionally and locally, not by Lansing because each part of the state has a different skill set. Uh, and I want to have a, a, a job portal so that young students can see what, are the, what jobs are available out there uh, for different skills, because they pay well, and then you don't get saddled with all this debt when you go to college if you really want to go right into the workforce. Uh, I know you have to go, but yeah. before you do, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about Line 5. It's such a big issue. Uh, Dana Nessel, who is running for attorney general, says that if she wins, she would try to intervene in this plan to create a new pipeline underneath uh, the bedrock of of, uh, of the lakes there. Uh, how, how would you deal with that? If there were a conflict between what the attorney general wanted to do, for instance, and what the governor wanted to do, how would that get resolved? Well, you know, you always have to work with people, and I have a, a history of working in a bipartisan fashion. That's how we got human trafficking legislation, where now young women are forced to have sex or treated as uh, victims, uh, uh, not criminals. And, and I worked in a bipartisan fashion, Stephen, to make sure that we had uh, money to, so we could— uh, uh, provide justice for serial uh, uh, victims who've uh, been uh, victims of rape and so that we would prosecute the serial rapist. And so I work in a bipartisan fashion, and I exp uh, that's just what I'll do when I'm governor. Now, Tom Leonard's going to be the next uh, attorney general of Michigan. With, maybe, maybe not. And with respect to Line 5, listen, I, I'm the one who— uh, over two years ago, talked about the fact that we need to have uh, we, that line five will need to be deactivated, and that we need to have a, a different alternative. The tunnel uh, provides visual inspection; it'll be a utility co corridor uh, deep below the uh, the waters of the Great Lakes, because we have to uh, we can't have any risk of leak, and and we need to make sure we provide that we provide uh, propane for uh, citizens in northern Michigan who are heavily dependent upon that, and make sure our energy producers. Get get their product to market.
market. So uh, the tunnel is important, but the fact is Line 5 is going to be deactivated. And uh, I ask Governor, I'll make sure that occurs. Okay, Bill Schuette, current Attorney General, Republican candidate for governor here in Michigan. Thanks very much for great joining to, us. Great Detroit to be today. with you, and thanks for letting me be on uh, Detroit Today. Absolutely. All right, up next, we're going to talk about the suspicious packages that were mailed to the Obamas and the Clintons. Also, don't forget, if you have to miss any of today's show, you don't have to miss out on the conversation. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts, download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you. Listen when you are ready. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Thank you.